Mostly, I always said to him, I was like, I can't marry you unless you're paying your taxes. He wasn't taking care of his, like when I first met him, he was living so off the grid that he didn't have a bank account. He would pay his cell phone in cash by walking into T-Mobile and was working in a cash job. So, and then when he started like, quote unquote, growing up, he still was like Peter Panning it. And I was like, dude, I could never marry somebody until he's got his finances together. But I think he resented me for being the adult in the room. But I'm like, that's not fair. I was just taking care of shit. But first, a word from our sponsors. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Man or Podcast. Shout out to the service tops, the power bottoms, and can someone explain to me what a side is? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome to my show, this series of sex-positive conversations coming at you every Wednesday for over nine years. My, my little sister said I should occasionally remind people the origin of the podcast Back in 2014, I started interviewing women I'd hooked up with about why we didn't work out. Yeah, if you're new to the pod, you may want to go back and hear some quite embarrassing conversations. I've learned and groaned a lot. And now, in addition to my exes, I talk to porn stars, queer performers, dating experts, stand-up comedians, musicians, authors, and more about all things sex, dating, love, gender. This week on the podcast, I've got on pornographer, photographer, hilarious poopy podcaster, Ellen Stagg. Very much looking forward to sharing that conversation with you in just a bit. But first, the Naked Comedy Show is coming back to Brooklyn October 20th. I know it's a little far out, but I wanted to give you a chance to save the date, circle it in your calendar, start making plans with the friends because tickets are going on sale next week. 8 p.m., 10 p.m. shows at the infamous Hacienda. BYOB, clothing optional, come out, have a good time. Now, when the New York Times covered the Naked Comedy Show and then posted it on Instagram, um, a lot of people kind of lost their minds. There were some pretty incredible comments made uh, under their Instagram post. Uh, two different people said, this is why Rome fell. A lot of people losing their minds being like, this is debaucherous. This is pornographic. This is inappropriate. How could, why would you ever? 
People keep seeming to go, how could you ever because they could never? And it's okay that they could never, but just because you could never doesn't mean no one could ever. They do that about polyamory as well. They do that about kinks and fetishes. They do that when they don't understand trans people. White people even do it when they can't seem to empathize with the uh, the daily experience of POC in this country. Uh, so just because it's not their experience, they then go, well, then how could it be anyone's experience? Naked on stage? Naked in the audience? Why? And a lot of times you don't have to know why. You can just ignore the whole thing and move on with your life. Do you have any idea how many different streaming services there are? You do not have to pay attention to anything you don't want to pay attention to. So, people lost their mind about a naked comedy show in the New York Times. So, of course, all weekend I was seeing um, flabbergasted posts when um, HBO, which I guess is called Max, but I'm going to call it HBO because that's how I was raised. HBO very quietly started offering all six seasons of the UK reality dating show, Naked Attraction. The show comes out of the UK. It's hosted by Anna Richardson, who's uh, like like a hotter Ricky Lake. Oh, like just a hot bisexual Ricky. Ricky Lake was my first celebrity crush as a kid because her TV show would be on um, you know, basic cable when uh, I would stay homesick from school and she had big titties. And on the show, uh, contestants whittled down uh, their six dating options uh, one by one based on their naked bodies. So first they reveal the six lower halves of their dating prospects. They do some commentary on the genitals. Sometimes they have these like uh, um, educational interstitials, which are really cool and stuff that we don't teach in our schools, but should. Uh, And then you eliminate one of the dicks or the pussies. Okay. Then they will reveal the middle right? They'll they'll reveal the body. And then you do some more discussion. Oh, chest hair. Oh, pecs. Oh, arms, tattoos. Let's talk about titties. And then they eliminate one of those. Then they reveal the faces and you eliminate one. Then the the remaining three speak and you eliminate someone based on the voice. Then the chooser strips down themselves. Because like, hey, all's fair in front of the uh, remaining two people and Finally, they, they pick someone to go on a clothed date with. That's the show. It's very fun. It's very cute. But here's the thing people are, are losing their minds about is uh, the show is uncensored. As in, you see the dicks. You see the pussies. You see the titties. There's no blurring. There's no black bars. There's no creative cropping. Bodies on display. There's no, no one's jacking it. No one's fingering themselves. Like, there's no sex acts happening. There's just bodies plainly on display. Not even boners. There's, I mean, there have been some real questionable half chubs, but there's not even any boners because apparently boners are scary. Side note, most of the community guidelines for any platform that allows nudity, like Patreon. Patreon like was allowing tasteful nudes, but you weren't allowed to post a hard cock because hard cocks are scary because they could fuck you. Soft cocks are fine. Just bodies on display. Naked Attraction isn't on some premium cable like Playboy style channel. It's on like, I think it's channel four. I'm, I'm not going to fact check it right now, but like it is on the equivalent of NBC or CBS. I don't even think it airs at like midnight. It's a primetime 
broadcast show in the UK on television showing naked bodies uncensored. How dare they? And my Facebook feed was like filled with people like freaking out that like there was a show where you could just see naked bodies. Now, I've known about Naked Attraction for about a year. I, I had a date with this British chick and we were at her apartment and she showed me the show because there were like a few bootleg episodes on, available like on YouTube if you search the right keyword. So we used that as our, like our little like that was like our, our beginning date was watching a couple episodes of that uh, before we drank wine and made each other come. I love Naked Attraction because it sounds like something that should be terrible. It sounds like, you know, if, if it was produced by the wrong people, it would just be to titillate with, how do I say, like conventionally attractive bodies with thin bodies, probably mostly white bodies, mostly hetero, if not all hetero opposite sex pairings. The wrong producers or 20 years ago, that's the version of Naked Attraction that I would come out. But I was incredibly impressed when, when this chick showed me the show. You've got all these different body types going on, okay? I'm seeing dudes who have bodies like mine. I'm seeing uh, thin dudes with no muscles. We do see the jack guys. We see cut and uncut dicks. We see big dicks, small dicks, th uh, thin dicks, thick dicks. Dicks where the left ball hangs a little lower. I was watching an episode last night. They had a dude who had a, a prosthetic leg. They have all the different races. They had, they had chicks with big boobs, small boobs, implants, no implants, fat chicks, skinny chicks, medium chicks. You had the curvies, the sticks, all different types of labia, let me tell you. You had bisexual people picking from any genders. You had non-binary folks involved. I think the show is revolutionary. There's not a lot of body shaming, like generally speaking. She brings in statistics from various surveys, like surveys to, to validate the less conventional bodies. I think one of, now I might be making some of these up a little bit, so bear with me, but stuff such as like, I think it was 25% of women prefer more of a dad bod than the muscular stuff. There's open conversations about dicks being too big. So you've got dudes with these fucking hogs hanging out there next to dudes with like pretty average statistically dicks, maybe slightly thinner dicks. You have some small dicks and you've got people, you know, yeah, some people said I don't prefer un uncircumcised penises and they say some little joke as to why. And then you have people who say they love those. You have, and you, but I mean, it's wild to me that, I think all men need to see the show because you're going to see women openly say, no, a big dick is not necessarily what I want. And yes, others are going to be like, yeah, that's a very impressive cock. Or they're going to be like, that's a very impressive cock, but also it cannot go inside of me. And then all that validation talk, you know, just apply it to the femme bodies. And, and it's a great show. I think it's cheeky. I think it's educational. I think it's normalizing all the bodies, all the attractions. I think HBO put it on the service on like Friday or Saturday. And by like Sunday or Monday, there were like parental rights groups or whatever's freaking out and, and calling HBO groomers and because their kids have access to this show that has naked bodies. All it is is naked bodies. They are not fucking. They're not, uh, they're not grabbing the cock and giving a little wang just to test it out. They're not asking all the ladies to turn, uh, you know, turn around and, and each guy just takes a nice like whiff of her assholes. No, there's none of that. 
just naked bodies and they're saying, this is porn. It's only porn if it's porn to you. That's the thing about porn, isn't it? It's porn if it's porn to you. When they talk about all these book bans and, and they want to ban the book because they're like, well, there's queer characters in it. And the queer characters aren't fucking. They're not doing sex. But they're queer. And when those people see queer people, they're thinking about their queer sex. And that's uh, making them need to journal. So that's porn to them. But it doesn't make it porn. I'm already starting to watch, trying to get through as many episodes as I can because I don't know when HBO is going to get bullied out of having this show on. I hope, you know, they don't take it down, but like it's very possible in this country. Very possible that they will take down the show for everybody because those parents don't want to control their own children with very simple parental controls. I did a, an article for Mashable recently about anti-porn laws going on around the country. I'll have a link in the notes. And you do want to check this out. It's a state-by-state -state guide of these age verification laws and these uh, uh, mandatory phone filter laws. And you should check it out because you might be surprised. I mean, New Jersey is on that list. These are all the states that have been attempting or have attempted or have succeeded in trying to censor porn from adult citizens because some adults have children that they don't keep their eyes on but even if your kid sees naked attraction honestly the most inappropriate thing that kid is gonna see or hear are some saucy sex jokes it's just naked bodies naked bodies are not inappropriate it's only porn if it's porn to you but just because it's porn to you don't mean it's porn it's a good thing for your kid to see different bodies so that they know that their body is fine. Because you know what? I'm willing to wager you have not had a proper conversation with your kid before they're 18 or fucking ever that their body is okay, that their attractions are okay. Make naked attraction mandatory family viewing so that you can sit there with your parents, which will immediately desexualize the entire experience for everyone. And then you're just watching a silly reality show, but you're also collectively seeing that there are different kinds of boobs, there's different kind of labia, there's different kind of penises, and that the mainstream standard of beauty is not the only standard of beauty because, yo, I saw some women, I saw some women eliminate fit dudes before they eliminate, there is, uh, there is, there was one episode where this woman, she whittles it down to two guys and the two guys is like a dude with, who's like, He's more out of shape than I am. And another guy who's like pretty fit. And that out of shape dude, he outlast and he didn't have some sort of big hog either. He outlasted other guys like with muscles and shit. And you know, when they revealed the middle portion of all the bodies, you all would have pointed and be like, "Oh, he's fucked." And no, he you keep going, "Oh my god, Blue is still in the game." He ends up with second place, but that's pretty fucked, you know? So you're going to, your kids can see people with different bodies be desired, be chosen. Don't you think your kid fucking needs to know that? Especially when you won't tell them and you won't let the schools teach them that. And you're trying to get anything, quote unquote, harmful to minors removed from the internet. So, Naked Attraction, it's on HBO. Check it out. Email me your thoughts about Naked Attraction to manwhorepod at gmail.com. 
honestly, I, I ordered HBO uh, like at the end of August because I wanted to be able to watch uh, my New York Jets on Hard Knocks. And uh, just as Hard Knocks was ending, they put up Naked Attraction. I was going to cancel my HBO, but I will be keeping it at least until I get through these six seasons. Another place you can discuss naked attraction with fellow fan whores is in the Champagne Room, our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. And you can jump into a plethora of conversations about cannabis, about kink, about love, or about this podcast. Introduce yourself today at manwhorepod.com slash discord or click the link in the schnotes. Before I get to my guest this week, Ellen Stagg, let's do a quick fan horror appreciation moment. I want to give a shout out to a couple of the members of my fan horror community on Patreon. I thank you for keeping the podcast going strong by using not just your downloads, but also your dollars. I want to say thank you right now to Amanda. Thank you for the annual membership. Yeah. Give me all that money up front. I give you a 10% discount. We both win. I hope you enjoy the bonus content all year long and a shout out to brian evans go Steelers! y'all are doing better than my boys thanks for being a member man thanks for supporting the show and you too can support the man whore podcast receive a slew of great rewards and sleep well at night with the satisfaction that you are supporting an independent content creator like myself membership starts at just two dollars a month there's no pledge too small certainly no pledge too large Unlike Cox, I accept pledges of all sizes. Become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast or download the Patreon app and find me on there. Ellen Stagg is a photographer here in New York City. Uh, she does boudoir and she does photography. She primarily shoots porn people. She shoots porn and she has a, a, a photo book coming out, a couple hundred pages of nudes of beautiful women. The book is called Free to Be Naked. Fitting in line with our <laughs> with the with the topics discussed thus far. Although during this episode we're talking about this 12-year relationship she was in. On the Patreon bonus episode, we talk about her attempts at dating today. And I think you're really gonna love this one. Uh I I had a, a blast. I feel like I'm gonna have to have her back one day. Uh, she also does have a podcast called Hey Poopy that is all about poop and butts. I have been on it, uh, somewhat reluctantly, but it was, if you, if you think poop is funny, you'll love her podcast. Let me put it that way. And if poop's not entirely for you, then stay right here and enjoy my conversation with Ellen Stagg. I actually binged the first two Fifty Shades of Grey over the weekend. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because I, I think I was just morbid curiosity. And I was like, why is this? Why do people like this so much? And why is it so bad at the same time? So that's why I wanted to watch it. And I realized that not all the acting is horrible, but it's not great. But it's it's the the writing is horrible. The mm. writing is so bad, and they use those as safe words like yellow and red. And I'm and I'm just like, really, like be a little bit creative for oh, for a movie. Yeah, be more creative. But in real life, I most of the time I hear yellow traffic and red. light. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean I get it, but like it's so the 
the whole premise of the I, but I I needed to watch it just to like as a train wreck. You know, like I, I, I was like, I don't know. I just want to do this. And I was retouching pictures and like going through my Bumble account at the same time. Okay. So, um, I just joined Bumble last week and I paid for the tier where you could see who likes you. Oh. And I got like 700 people liking me within 24 hours. And I was like, this is going to take me like three days to get through. I'm not mad at it, but yeah, I have to like <laughs> weed it out. There were people like in Philadelphia. I was like, I even messaged Bumble today. Like, what's up with your like GPS? Like I said, 30 miles from New York City. Like, I don't need people in yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, but that person might have like been here. Yeah, and that's... then been in within range. And then by the time you saw them, they were back in Philly. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So that, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah, I just don't get that. That's the thing that I'm so confused about is that range thing. Because I went to New Jersey over the weekend. And then I got a flood of New Jersey guys hitting sure. me up not literally hitting me up but like liking me and so i was like i was like this is so this is too difficult like i need to weed through this a little bit more yeah i don't yeah. know if bumble has it but i know like at least tinder and some other apps like you can uh if you're paid like you can swipe in another place because like you know you're gonna go there yeah yeah so that also could be another like someone's in philly and they're like oh i'm gonna be in new york in a couple weeks yeah or i'm you know whatever or maybe i'm gonna move there next month so they yeah. start swiping ahead of time yeah yeah it does do that but like i started the thing in brooklyn and it said i lives in brooklyn mm. and then because i was in new jersey for three days it's now stuck in new jersey and i'm like can I go back? I just want to be in Brooklyn. Like, I don't want to move around. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um. Then, then I, yeah, don't open the app in those other places is the, is the trick. I guess so. But I'm learning this. It's a whole new world for you, I imagine. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I was in a relationship for 12 years. 12 years. And before that, there were no apps. It was not nearly as ubiquitous. 12 years ago, like when I was on Tinder, you, you could run out of people. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, it was here, it was a thing, but it wasn't like everyone had it. It was a thing where I remember the first time I ran out and I was like, well, I guess that's all the single people in New York. <laughs> I was at Eastfield Comedy Club and I just like, I was swiping, swiping, and then it said, there's no one left in your area. And I'm like, oh, time to move. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, there's no more single people. Uh, I've reached the apex of uh, online people who are interested in me. <laughs> but it seems that's like you have, you have a lot to go through. Ellen Stagg. See, that's how... Oh. I know we do. It's very cash, and, and then an interview, and then we, and then I an go introduction. Like, You're here, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even the interview is not like a, you know. I showed you. It's a to pull the curtain back. It's a blank page on my notebook. Yeah, I think the only research you did on me was asking what my sexual preferences were, at, and that I usually ask like, yeah, relationship status and sexual orientation is just like to get like a context and a frame of reference. Yeah. Uh, also, you got that nose piercing. So you know, the, the, who knows, right? I got to ask. I mean, the nose piercing I've had for longer than I've lived in New York City, and I've lived in New York City for 27 years. Yeah, but like, so, if, if, if that's a septum piercing. Yeah. Right? So when you have a septum piercing, there's a little bit of a, does she kiss girls? You know, it's. What is it? Oh, she kissed girls. Does oh. she kiss girls? I feel well, like when it I begs got the, a question. When I got the nose piercing in 1996, I did kiss girls back then. Right? Yes. So does this help like tickle the clit when you're going down? <laughs> <laughs> you would have to ask the two girls I went down on in my 20s. <laughs> Wait, so, so, you, so you, yeah, you, uh, when I, when I asked you that question, you were like, I don't know. I tried girls in my, in my teens and 20s wasn't for me. So when <laughs> the first Volvo you went down on. What was that about? 
I, this is actually a really funny story. I was friends with Moby back in the day. Moby? Yeah. The guy from the Eminem song? Yep. <laughs> Moby, Moby. Um, and he, I don't even know if this was back in the day where he called me. I don't even know if the text messages were happening then. And this is like early 2000s. And he was like, hey, my friend's having a bachelor party. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm always down to, and I think I was single at the time. So I'm thinking bachelor party. Maybe I might meet a guy, yeah. whatever. So I show up to Tribeca to this guy's like private apartment. And we go into the basement and I want to say like 40 dudes, four girls and two strippers. And like, everybody's just partying, drinking, having fun. And I'm like, partying with the strippers and I start talking to the only girls there and I'm, and it was like confusing to why these other girls were there I just think they were just like friends of Moby or friends mm. of whatever and the guys were very preoccupied with the strippers who were fabulous and I started talking I think I want to say I was like 24 25 and I was talking to this microbiology student 20 year old microbiology student from princeton mm. i don't remember her name the next thing i know i took her home and we fucked each other what do you mean next thing you know you took her home that's it how how much did we drink at this thing? i guess a lot <laughs> we were making out and moby was like i can't believe you took so and so home i think he was hoping to hook up with one of us and instead we left him out of the equation. And and what was the and whole... I'm And I'm one of the few people who've never hooked up with Moby. <laughs> I, that was going to be a future question. Yes. Um, and so when you finally went down, do you remember any of that? Uh, very little. The next day I was just like, yeah, I don't think that's for me. I, didn't, I don't particularly like the taste of vagina in my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, and she was very sweet and fun. And it was like, I never talked to her again, as you know, as I said before, mm -hmm. I don't even remember her name, um, but it was fun. But then I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. And then the second girl was a friend of mine and we got wasted when I was visiting her in L.A. like a couple years later. And I was like, let me give it one more try because maybe, you know, I don't know. And then I realized I was like, yeah, no, not for me. And then I really realized that I wasn't bisexual when somebody asked me at the, this was a, like a couple years later, how many people I'd had sex with. And I gave them my number at the time. And then the, 24 hours later, I realized I left out the women. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, fuck. I'm, oh, no. I'm well, I spent like a good Darn 10, <laughs> 12 years attempting, you know? Like, 10, 12 years attempting? Yeah, of being bisexual. Well, you said you only did the, the two women. Well, I only fucked two oh, women, fuck. but I made out with plenty of women through my teens and 20s. Okay. I mean, and like, I seduced a girl once in my apartment. We just made out. I think I touched her boobs. And uh, her boyfriend was on a trip i think he was like on a business trip and he came home and found out and he told her to never talk to me again <laughs> and what was it like making out with women you said you did it a lot so was that good it was fun but i realized that like i always say that it there there was no like zaza zoom like there was no butterflies okay and that's when i realized i'm very straight like i get butterflies for men i'm sure. attracted to men sure. i think women are beautiful and obviously i celebrate them in my photography but i 
yeah, I like. I was like, yeah, it's, it doesn't do it for me. And I was like, fuck, I'm straight. Now, when you say, uh, I think I was just a horny teenager sure. in early twenty years. You know, like I was just like, what? What else can I touch? Sure. Like, I'd make out with anybody at that time. You know, I was making out with gay guys, and they were like feeling the same thing about me as I felt about women. Like, they were like, yeah, I'll kiss you, and your tits are great, but you don't have the stuff that I'm looking for. So, like, fun means like it's fun, but it's not necessarily like a sexual. Like, you're not feeling a tingle. It's yes. just like kind of pleasant and fun. Yeah, it's kind of like like being on a swing versus a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. A swing could be fun, but I'd rather ride a roller coaster. Yeah. Interesting. And I need to be a little tipsy to get on the swing, <laughs> <laughs> which is not safe swinging. You will fall off the swing. At least on the roller coaster and you're wasted, you're strapped in. Exactly. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. When we talk about like sexual orientation, there's it, it's like, is it the things that you do or is it the things that turn you on that you're attracted to? Right. So it, so some people, you know, some people go, oh, well, like if you ate pussy, then like you are by because you did it. Yeah. Versus like you being able to <laughs> have like same sex encounters and then go like, yeah, but I didn't feel the Zaza Zoom. So yeah. I'm not into them. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not by. I think I was if anything, by curious in my teens and 20s sure. and then just fell out of it. Yeah. So I guess, the you qu- know, it's like for the same reason I used to eat gluten in my teens and 20s and I don't anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess the question was like, uh, since then, like, did you ever get reconfused about it going? Yeah, no. but I did do all that. No, no, never. Yeah. Yeah. Tucked it away and yeah. was like that confirms. So when my ex and I first got together, we had a lot of polyamorous friends and he like entered was like entertaining the fact of like maybe we could be open mm. and i said to him, before was, it was cool yes like back 12 <laughs> years ago yeah back in 2012 yeah yeah and so um he said so he was like asking me he was like maybe we could be open and i said to him i go okay but i'm not bisexual so what's your definition of open you're fucking women and I'm fucking guys. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. Ah, caught him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When I meant open, I meant like we be open to me having sex with other women. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, no, no. It's not a two. It's a two way street. So uh, so you're, you're a monogamous type. I think I am now that I've been single for seven months. That's like the few dates I've been on. Those have been some of the questions that guys have asked me. And I'm like, I think I am monogamous, but I don't know. Like, Mm. I am one of those people who I don't want to officially be in a relationship unless I know something's like, like, I don't want to just be in a relationship because we are boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, I was like, what's the next steps? Like, are we going to have a life together? I'm a 45 year old middle aged woman, woman, if I'm just, huh? Yes. I I think 45 is still fun and happening. No, it is fun and happening, but I'm, I'm on the back nine, the beginning of the back nine, you know? Oh my God, that's so morbid. (laughs) It is, but it's true. Like, I'm literally, if I make it to 90, this is the middle point. Yeah. You know? So, um, I'm not saying, like, the glass is half empty. I still think the life is, the glass is half full, but, like, I want to live my life. Like, I I don't want to all of a sudden, like, settle down with a guy for two months and then realize that we don't like each other. Mm. Like, I'm going to keep dating until I find somebody that I like. You don't want to keep coming on and off the market, back, yeah. you know, every two to three months. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and I t- said that to guys, I'm like... A couple guys have asked me, like, what do you think about monogamy? And I was like, I think I'm monogamous, but 
just because we're on one date together does not make me like we'd have to date for a while and I'm going to sure. continue dating other people until I meet the right one. Sure. My people's thing is becoming so in vogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's becoming all the rage. I know. Um, it's... Everybody's a pleasure dom. Everybody's oh, a polyamorous. Everybody dom is out my face. What is it? The ethically non-monogamous. I mean, I just say non-monogamous because I'm, you know, but yeah, yeah. You're trying not to be an ethic. <laughs> no, it's just more like I feel like that should be the default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I right? Because it. like otherwise it, it's cheated. The non-monogamy is starting to become invoked. I think just a lot of people are realizing it is a valid option. Yeah. They don't know if it's the right option for them, but people are realizing, oh, this is a valid option. And a lot of people are trying to d- figure out, well, maybe is that an option for me I like? I don't mind it for anybody because I do think that. So I read that book last year, The Five Love Languages. Okay. And it's basically the book is about. Yes, of course, there's the five love languages. Do you know what all five are? I always forget the, what the fifth one. Yeah, I always forget one, but uh, touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and gift giving. Yes. Gift giving, I think, is the one we forget. I forget it because I'm poor and can't buy that many gifts. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but gifts, I one of the nicest gifts I've ever gotten was a guy picked me flowers off the out of the ground. Mm. And I was like, that's romantic. The fact that you saw the flowers and you were like, I want to give these to you, you know? Yeah. not He didn't pick it right in front of me. So gifts don't have to be expensive sure sure they just have to be like you oh my god you actually thought of me yeah and you wanted to do something nice um but yeah so the in the book the five love languages he basically says that every relationship is hot and heavy for about a year maybe a year and a half and they all dip down after that all no matter what and that the only way to keep it hot and heavy, to keep it so you're really keeping your love tank full, is by those five love languages. You have to find one or two that works for you and that you have to keep giving it to your partner and you have to keep feeding your love tank. Mm. And so I think when it comes to non-monogamy and polyamorous, I think those people are only getting to the point where maybe after a year and a half, they're like, well, what else is out there? Mm. And I'm like, fine with it. Like, as long as their primary partner is also okay. But it just seems to me a lot of the polyamorous people end up just bringing more personalities into the group. And there's more drama. The drama's going to be there no matter what. But now you've got instead of two people's drama three four five you know yeah. like so it do we want to keep things hot and heavy yes it's work relationships are work so 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 you were so you just got a 12 year yeah marriage not marriage we weren't sorry, sorry, legally sorry. married okay not like common law definitely we were yeah well we were legally domestic partners where we had an affidavit which i keep thinking he told me we got it notarized and we're supposed to have a domestic divorce but i haven't <laughs> seen the paperwork yet mm-hmm. legally i can't marry anybody else until that divorce goes through but gotcha. we weren't legally married so we didn't need lawyers for it you know I didn't know. I, the first time I found out what like domestic partnership was, I was like, what is that? And I think she said, uh, yeah, I think it just means I'm allowed to pull the plug on him. <laughs> yes. It's that you're allowed to share insurance, um, visit each other in the hospital, take over the lease of an apartment and visit each other in jail. That's basically it. Those are the bennies. Yeah. 
but no finances or confused or anything. Okay. And we did it like a year or two into our relationship because he didn't have health insurance and this is way before Obamacare. Sure. And so um, within 24 hours of us being domestic partnered, he was able to have my health insurance. And why not do the marital thing? Because he was still married. No, no, okay. no, because mostly I always said to him, I was like, I can't marry you unless you're paying your taxes. He wasn't taking care of his like when I first met him, he was living so off the grid that he didn't have a bank account. He would pay his cell phone in cash by walking into T-Mobile. Love that. Yeah. He basically was living off the grid and was working in a cash job. So and then when he started like, quote unquote, growing up, he still was like Peter Panning it. And I was like, dude, I could I could never marry somebody until he's got his finances together. Because I, I can't mix up my finances with him. And I was like, and if I still married you, I'd get a prenup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so how'd y'all meet? Pumps. Pumps? Yeah, we met the at Pumps. strip club. Yeah. Here in Brooklyn. Yeah. I drove by it on the way here. Yep. Yes. <laughs> how did y'all meet at Pumps? Why did y'all meet at Pumps? I was there with two girlfriends who had never been to a strip club before. He walked in with a bunch of friends and we just started talking. It's the meet cue I didn't know was possible. Yeah. And then I realized I made out with somebody recently outside Pumps, and I made out with somebody years ago at Pumps. I was like, oh, Pumps is lucky for me. Maybe I should be hanging out there more. Clearly. <laughs> how did how do you two connect at Pumps? He just walked up to me and said, hey, can I buy you a drink? People do that at a strip club? Yeah. I've never heard of people picking. People are always trying to pick up the strip. I always hear. Uh, have you been to Pumps? No. Okay. I'm we're going to Pumps. <laughs> No, but that you have to go to Pumps to get it. Pumps is not a strip club. It's a titty bar. Oh, there's no no puss puss? No, it's just girl. So the it's set up where the poles are at. There's three poles on, on a little stage behind the bar. Sure. So you literally, the bartenders are protecting you between the girls. And the girls will pole dance and then they'll come off and they'll come around the bar and you tip them. And then right. they might come onto the other side of the bar and you talk to them and you can go into this tiny little room the size of my couch and, and get, get a lap job. dance. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> sure, job. sure. No, no, it's a lap dance. No, no, no. Totally like, a lap dance. <laughs> it, you couldn't get a hand job in that room because there's so many other girls giving lap dances basically on top of each other and the like the little curtain is open and sure. there's a window you could see over totally it's t- the whole pumps is like basically the size of my apartment it's tiny okay i've yeah. never I've, I've never been but yeah. I've, I've heard things it's like kind of the like alt you know it's like where like the like an alt looking chick yeah would go dance i feel like they're the diversity of pumps also makes it amazing. It's not just alt. It's like any kind of girl can yeah. be there. All the body types, yes. the armpit hair, yes. side shave, whatever. Tattoos, everything. And okay. which I kind of also really enjoy. And they've been around since the 90s. And the owners are the nicest human beings in the world. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the girls are friends of mine who work there. And they're like, it's the best club to work at. You might not make the most money. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I hope you got that on mic. I, yeah. I did a mini burp. Um, but you might not make the most money there, but at least you, it's like totally respectful. And when you walk yeah. in, they like scan in your ID. Like, so there's no like fucking around there. Is there a cover charge? 
There's no cover charge, but mm-hmm. I always tell everybody when they go at the very least bring like 50 bucks because I usually bring a hundred because you were constantly be tipping the girls like a buck each when they walk around okay. and they kind of expect it because they're working, you know? Okay. Yeah. But that's also why like, I've never been too into strip clubs. Cause I go like money. Well, it's, it's not just like where my bank account is at any one moment. It's just kind of the concept of um, paying for so little. Like I, the first time I went to a strip club, I've told this on the show a, a bunch of times. So I'll do the short version, but like uh, I'm 20 years old. I'm in uh, New Orleans uh, visiting this chick who's in like med school and she wants to take me to my first strip club because she knew I'd never been. And we go and she buys me a lap dance and does the dance. I'm respectful and I'm touching like all like the kind of the sides and back, but not in the front. And at the end, my friend goes, wow, she must have liked you because she let you touch a lot. And I thought if that was touching a lot, this is not for me. Yeah. Because that is a lot of money to not touch much. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I was getting laid. I was there. I was in New Orleans to lay with her. I was having a lot of sex in New York. Like, it just seemed crazy to spend that much money to like not do. Like, that's also why happy ending massages made sense to me. Because like the price differential between at least like 12 years ago, the price difference between a happy ending massage and a massage at like Massage Envy, not that much of a difference. <laughs> Sometimes like a $60 difference would be fiscally irresponsible to not get a hand job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I slept with my first prostitute, just because, oh. like, I got upsold for so little. <laughs> so little. I was like, I I did, someone's going to be mad at me for not doing this. This is this is a steal. This Wait, is a but bargain. you slept through it? No, no, no. Like, that, I, like, had sex with a uh, Oh, sex you like, just, I, like, stepped into it. Yeah, I ordered a happy ending massage chick off of Craigslist. It sounds like I ordered a book off Amazon. I hired someone off Craigslist. This is obviously way before 2019. <laughs> yeah, this is my junior year of college. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I that's when I realized the math. Yeah. Of, uh, well, here's how much a massage is. And I fucking love a massage. Yeah. And then if you could find someone who does like a real massage and the hand job, you got, just, it's an insane deal. Yeah. So I think I'm, or I'm, I'm hiring someone to come do a massage. I get to the door of my building and just, it's the... She's just like the stereotype of what every mom who worries her daughter will get into sex work. That's what she looked like. I think she even was popping big pink bubble gum. Like, <gasps> I love just that. looked like like when right I, out of a porno. Yeah, just out of like a bad comedy where they're trying to portray that. And I go in my head, I don't think I'm getting a massage. Yeah, like I don't think I'm getting a good massage. I should. Say. I think she's here for the oral ending more than the actual massage. But she also taught me. That she was also one of the first people who made me realize that sex workers are fucking brilliant. Yes. Right? Because like in the, her ad, it said, I sing both um, uh, I, I sing both Billy Joel and Frank Sinatra. What does that mean? Is that code for something? Yes. What does it mean? It's brilliant code. For what? Billy Joel, uh-huh. BJ's, or oh! Frank Sinatra full service. Oh, now I get it. That was the first time I ever wanted to go to grad school because I was like, I want to, I was a communications major. I'm like, I want to do a grad thesis on the communication of sex workers. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, that's, so, so I get to the door. I'm like, I don't think she's here to give me a massage. Okay, fine. I I guess I'll let her suck my dick. And uh, so we get up there and then I'm, I'm 20 years old. I'm thinking just out of curiosity because I think I paid her, I think it was like 60, 80 bucks. Oh my God. That's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For what What year was this? This is. 2009 or 10. Okay. It was still really cheap uh, yeah. for the, what the market was. But like, 
Wait, yeah. how old are you? Uh, 34. Okay. Yeah. I'm 45. So well, we're... you look 34 and I look 45. It's so weird. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, and she, so she gets started and I was like kind of in my head thinking like, oh, I wonder how much like, cause I didn't want to have sex. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to have sex with her. I didn't want to, uh, like I haven't paid for like an escort for full service even still since then. It's, it's not like what I'm interested in, but I was just curious how much it yeah, would have yeah. been. I was yeah. like, wow, it's so cheap for a blowjob. How much was fucking? And then I'm asking her, she's like, how much you want to pay? And I'll go, oh, no, no, no. I'm asking like academically, just yeah, curious. Yeah. And she goes, I guess I could do for another 40. And I <gasps> thought like this, it's again, fiscally irresponsible of me to not take that deal. So, I mean, that is a, an incredible deal, but I'm so mad at her for being so low. Yeah, I think it was probably a total of like 120 or something, right? Like that's probably what it was. And uh, and and, and it, but then it was a terrible. It, it was like a thirty dollars worth of fucking. Th- oh. This woman started like all of a sudden verbalizing some sort of like underage daddy daughter rape role play. Nope. Like she goes like you you like doing this daddy you like you like fucking me daddy and I'm like okay and you're then, like I'm 20 I can't nobody's yeah. daddy yeah also it's like like look at both of us like it's she wasn't like really old but I mean just like I could not be your father Oof. I can't even pretend yeah uh, so it's just like, maybe like, that was me. a role play for her to get through it yeah maybe but like I you know I'm th- by the time not she that get- you're having sex with you is bad I'm just saying no. like you know well, you, you don't know how bad it is it, <laughs> it just might be uh, especially when I was 20 though no, but so so like she just by the time it got to you like sneaking into our room and and raping me and my little <gasps> sister daddy i'm thinking like i paid for this no. shh that's when you go shh <laughs> i'll pay you a couple bucks extra if you shh i was such a like a self i was Ugh. too scared to say something like that i just like tried to come quick and i did and got her out april and, and i were yeah. talking about that recently how we were not into that mommy daddy any any of that stuff just mm. gross i can't get into it <laughs> i have a perfectly good dad not interested in another one and i'm most definitely not interested in anything about my dad in the bedroom sure. so yeah, yeah. nope but to, to track back to strip clubs is just so so like the idea of spending a lot for not do like again I if there's it. no hand job at the lap dance i don't want to spend that much money for i get it for you're gonna grind on me i could find someone to grind on me like in an hour i mean you are i feel like you're more into the sex clubs and everything you can you you pretty much can this week find sex if you needed it where I think strip clubs are kind of more made for the people who can't find sex that easily or right. are not allowed to, like married men, but going to a strip club, it's okay. Like my mm. ex, I didn't had no problems with him getting lap dances. But if he did get a hand job from one of the girls, I'd punch her in the fucking face, you know? Like so <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I I see the appeal. Yeah. It's just like a fleshlight. Like I've I've used like a couple fleshlight type products for various like reasons or whatever um and then it's i just go i see the appeal if you're not getting laid but for me this is lame and yeah. not worth two hundred dollars yeah yeah i get it yeah so that's i just think that it's like like there's different levels of what people can get 
sex wise. And so you have a different level where you could have sex right after this. Despite all reasonable odds. Yes. (laughs) And then there are some guys out there that the fleshlight is probably the only time they've had sex, you know? So yeah, there's different levels of what's out there. Do you get lap dances? I have, but I don't even remember the last time I got one. So it sounds like you're not terribly into them either. I don't mind it. It was fun, but... Like kissing girls. I've never got... Yeah, I've never had a lap dance at Pumps, which I think is really funny. Mm -hmm. But I usually go there to either seduce men or... (laughs) <laughs> or like hang out with friends like we used to before the pandemic i think there was like three or four christmases in a row where we went on christmas eve mm-hmm. and i was like this is the best way to celebrate christmas because we're giving back to the community with our dollars <laughs> and like we there's a big group of friends like 20 of us would go and it's just yeah. like you get to hang out at a titty bar with your friends the day before christmas like what other better way to celebrate christmas and so. apparently meet you know a 12 year Peter Pan. Exactly. So, what when did you realize like, oh, I wanna I wanna have a future with this guy? When when we were dating and I wanted to be in a relationship with him. Well yeah, you you this guy picks you up at pumps and yeah. you probably start, you know, seeing each other, hooking well, up or whatever. And yeah, like- so we met up pumps, but we had a mutual friend and that week a couple days later I texted a mutual friend and was like, Hey, what's up what's his story? And she never got back to me. And okay. then I saw her a month later and I was like, hey, you never answered me about that guy. And she was like, oh, he's not boyfriend material. And I was like, yeah, I don't want him as my boyfriend. I want to make out with him. And she was like, oh, he thinks you're cute too. So then I hit him up on Facebook and I was like, let's hang out. And so we went on a couple dates after that and then started fucking. And then he was eight years younger than me and was like, oh, well, uh, I want to be in a relationship with you. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, I'm not. No, this isn't happening. And then after about like six months of that, I was like, oh, I think we're in love with each other. I guess we will be in a relationship together. And then four months after that, he moved in. Okay. And then we lived together for 11 years. And and, and what went wrong? A lot of it was um, his childhood trauma okay and him not dealing with it and taking it out on me okay and then um it started really falling apart when i took over power of attorney of my father who had dementia and i realized i was like i don't have the bandwidth to take care of two men in my life Mm. i will take care of my father but i need my partner to grow up and become a man and Mm. be there for me but instead he had resentment when you when you first mentioned the age, by the way, like I started doing math as as you continued talking, I was like, okay, well, when you met him, because you kept saying like Peter Pan, he didn't have his finances together. I was like, okay, but like when you know when you're twenty five, twenty six, but that's why I didn't want to be in a relationship with him, and I kept pushing him away for sure. six months because I was like, no, I can't. I'm a thirty three year old woman. I can't be in a relationship with a twenty five year old. Yeah, especially he doesn't have his shit together financially. It seems. Well, I don't care. Finance. I don't need a man. With money, I have my own career. But my you don't need him to be like a financial liability. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need like a, a partner who you're going to have to like maybe repeatedly bail out. Exactly. Or something of that nature. Which, which in the first year, like his dog got really sick and he was like, I don't know what to do. I don't even have a credit card. And I was like, here's my credit card number. Make sure the dog stays alive. Like, I was like, you know, I'll 
I was there for it, and I loved the dog. I the dog passed away last year, and that dog was like my ride or die. So I would have done anything for the dog, you know. But yeah, it was like little things like that where it's like. But I think he resented me for being the adult in the room. Yeah. But I'm like, that's not fair. I was just taking care of shit. I'm not stopping you from being an adult. You be an adult. And you're not even requiring a lot. Again, you're not requiring a certain amount of money he yeah. makes or something. It's yeah. just, you know, be an adult. Yeah. I like Grow the, up. I like to think I'm like financially some kind of an adult. But, you know, finances was money was one of the reasons my ex ultimately listed as like why she didn't want to pursue a relationship anymore with me was you know money was one of the reasons and i was I mean, like money's the number one reason for most divorces i, I was like i got an over 800 credit score like yeah. i mean I've, i was told that's pretty <laughs> fucking good I, what's i have my credit cards i make my payments i i support myself in doing something i'm not supposed to be able to support myself on but you know i think she was worried about like well what if we have children yeah and, uh, i mean my ex ended up his career started taking off. He started making really good money. Are you allowed to say what he does? A tattoo artist. Okay. Um, and I mean, like any, I mean, I feel like you could Google enough about me that you could find out most of this. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so like I, I, he loved his career. He was really good at it. But the amount of energy he put into his career, he did the opposite when it came to anything and at home mm -hmm. and so it just became i was just like i can't i can't be the one who takes care of everything mm -hmm. like yeah when did you first have a thought do you have like a moment in mind where you first thought i don't know if i can i can take care of this man child i don't know if there was like an actual moment but i remember when he moved in i would say stuff like hey what do you want to do for dinner tonight and he'd be like why are you asking me so many fucking questions what kind of fucking response is that? <laughs> Thank you. You stayed another 11 years with yeah. him? <laughs> and I'd say, first of all, I asked you one question is, do you want to eat? You need to calm down. Yeah. He had a lot of anger issues. He didn't do anything like he never beat me. But I realized looking back and through therapy that like it was just uh, he had a lot of childhood trauma. And he wanted to use me as the punching bag, not physically, but to work through it instead of him working through it himself. So, What were some of the good things that keeps you in that dynamic for so long? <laughs> I, so that, he, that was how he responded to what do you want to do for dinner right after moving in? Yeah. Well, not right after, but within that first yeah. like, year-ish. Yeah. I'm physically reacting to it. Yeah. I'm like trying to keep it inside. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that before that, I was single for seven years, dating on and off again, different guys. Mm. And I think it got to a point where I had a moment where I was just like, I guess this is it. This is what love's about. It's difficult. It's hard. I'm a 33, 34, 30-year-old woman. I should be in a relationship. This is how you do this. And even when after we broke up, I was talking to this good friend of mine who's about 12 years older than me, okay. uh, woman who's a brilliant artist, Bambi the Mermaid. And when I was telling her about the breakup, 
I got so embarrassed and I don't get embarrassed very easily. Like I have good friends in my life that were like, you never get embarrassed. And I was like, yeah, there's no reason to get embarrassed. Like if I like if I peed my pants in front of you, yes, I will be embarrassed. But I will also say, oh, shit, I just peed my pants in front of you. This is really embarrassing. And then I get over it. You know, like I don't I don't hold it in or, or like those kind of feelings. So while I was telling Bambi about the breakup, I started feeling so embarrassed, like flushed and embarrassed. And I was like, oh, what's going on with me? And I was like, oh, I think it's because I don't know why I was in it so long. And mm-hmm. I'm like m- almost angry at myself. And I even asked my therapist about it. I was like, what, what is that? And she was like, she was like, yeah. And I, I, um, I, when I broke up with my ex, a lot of people were like, um, well, have you been crying? And I was like, no, I never cried once when we broke up. Cause you're like, I'm free. Yeah. There was a moment where I was just like, like we got into this huge fucking fight. And I text mine of my best friends and I was like, I think it's over and all I feel is relief. Mm-hmm. This is so weird. When you feel relief after a breakup, that's the confirmation it's the right decision. Yeah. All these other breakups I've had, I mean, Grant, I didn't do the breaking up, but I was I was distraught and I'm crying a lot because it it, it felt like, oh, but this is wrong. I should be with this person. Um, not my most re- two exes ago, I did the breaking up. And yeah, now I was emotional leading up to doing that and taking that step. I also hadn't like dumped someone before. But you know, I think I cried crying home from her place and I was fine the next day. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. We're good. I'm yeah. good now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the rejection of breaking up with somebody, of course, is always going to be hard. And I think that that's the majority of why people cry. I I mean, I've cried over breakups in the past, but when I'm done, I'm done. mm -hmm. Like, I I was glad to just, I was like, yeah, this is it. Mm -hmm. And um, he's not really a friend, but a friend of yours, Beecher. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw him at a field event like a month ago. Were you at the Naked Comedy Show that he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. April invited me to a field event. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for, I'm literally down for almost trying anything, you know, like, except for like heroin. I'm not into <laughs> trying. But if somebody's like, do you want to come to this thing? I'll be like, yeah, whatever. Let's try it. Um, I walk into the field event and I was like, nope, this is not my vibe because everybody's staring at each other like free lunch. And I was just like, oh, we need to calm down. And it was so loud in there that my watch was saying it was, we were at a concert and it was it was just people talking. Yeah. It wasn't music or anything. And it was at the Standard Hotel's beer garden, which part of it is literally outside. So I'm like, it shouldn't be that loud in here. Mm. So April and I, I would put on a name tag. And I don't know if you've ever been to a field event, but they give you buttons like sex, friendship, like. Things you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And so I just put on a name tag and that was it. So I was like, I don't, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to keep an open mind. And so we're walking around the room. She's like, let's walk around the room and see what's, because you know, April, she's like, she'll flirt with anything, which I absolutely. Shout out April Flores, uh, past guest of the pod, big time porn star. Fucking the best. (laughs) I love her so much. So we're walking around and one guy stops me and he goes, hi, Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Ellen. And I was like, no, 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 no. Just because you know my name is on my name tag. You cannot talk to me that way. That's like fucking a abrasive so we walk around and i see beecher i'm glad that wasn't beecher no 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, but i saw him and the first thing i go is like oh my god i've seen you naked and he goes 
wait, what? Because <laughs> I don't think he saw me in the audience. Billy said there would be no phones out at the show. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry, context is important. I saw you at Naked Comedy and April walked up and we all realized and we were like, yeah, I'm Billy. And he was like, oh, yeah, why isn't Billy at this event? And why so, wasn't I at this event? <laughs> yeah, you should go. <laughs> go with April next time instead of me. <laughs> um, but yes, he and I were talking and we ended up realizing we grew up one town from each other. Okay. And we're exactly one year and one day apart from one another. Oh. Isn't that funny? I that 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 what a little coincidence there. Yeah, and he used to go to the Sam Goody I worked at. I used to go to the stop and shop he worked at as kids. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. That's so funny. That's that is that is, that is a funny one. Did you yeah. get his number? <laughs> he asked me for my number because he wants photos. And uh-huh. Yeah, that was Well, it. you said that with quotation marks in the Well, air. yeah, cuz it's been over a month. He obviously doesn't want any photos. Sure. So, Ellen, um you've got you've got a book coming out soon. Uh, I think it's available for pre-order, right? Yes. Uh, At shopellenstag.com for signed copies. Ooh. It's a uh photography book. It's called Free to Be Naked. Yes. Uh I've been flipping through it the last like 5ish minutes. Uh, a lot of naked free and naked women in it yes. including our friend april yes uh t- tell us a little bit about the about this book the book is my third book and it's all work from the past about three years the anna fox pictures are the only ones that are a little bit older um and some of the work is like the past six months which i'm like wow that was a fast turnaround um but it's a lot of stuff that has been taken from outtakes from when I've been shooting for Hustler and Barely Legal and mm. Taboo, and I fucking love it, and I'm really excited about this book. What goes into you deciding, like, when you're shooting someone um, in a more pornographic setting, like, what goes into deciding shots, especially with still photography? We'll keep it the still photography, because that's what the book is. But- yeah. You know, yeah, what, what goes into that decision well, making? When it comes to shooting for Hustler or Barely Legal, there are certain poses that they need. So, a lot of the times, like this was um, trade for content, which trade for content with a photographer means like I shoot you for free and you model for me for oh, free. Okay, yeah. And we both get to use the content on our sites because we both need content. Cool. Um, so, like this model, Amy Wilder, this was a trade for content shoot. And then a couple months later, we shot. For Hustler or something? Yeah, these pictures for Hustler. So they're a little bit more spread vulva. Like the this was 2020 anniversary. So a lot of the shots were either outtakes from Hustler or stuff like not all of them. Like this was an outtake from Hustler. Mm. So um, do the they, shot, do those poses like have like names as like Hustlers? Like here's the seven poses we need and they're like these names they don't that have that knows. but i do have like a folder on my dropbox that i whip out my phone during a shoot and go do this pose do this pose okay. do this pose gotcha. um and so yeah all of this stuff is either trade for content or outtake for um hustler this is one i feel like i see a lot this one where yeah, it's like that's got, very hustler okay so you're 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 on your back you got your legs up in the air t- kind of together a little crossed and then like you're reaching around your legs to kind of pull your lips inner apart. labias yeah yeah because they want to see larry really wanted to see the inner labias spread apart because you could see where you're actually going to be fucking like yeah. almost viewing right inside <laughs> the vagina and when i shoot my models i say stuff like do you mind showing me your vulva now? Do you mind spreading your labias for me? Like mm. I use like actual technical terms instead of sure. pussy and 
whatever. But yeah, so a lot of these are, this was not in Hustler, but another shot we did, another, we did two sets that day was on the cover. So a lot of it is outtakes from that or barely legal. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was just, it's fun. Funny thing is because I'm a female photographer, I get a lot of press where people are like, are these your friends? And I'm like, most of them are porn stars. They're, they end up becoming, some of them becoming my friends, but some of them I only shot once and I never talked to them again. I mean, is there anyone in here who's like not a porn star? She's not a porn star, what, but she just does naked modeling. Okay. So but they still do nude. Mo- yeah. They're still professional Everybody's, nude models. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Everybody here has done a professional yeah. nude modeling or has done hardcore porn. Oh, that's a great, this is a great one. This is yeah. uh, with a uh, Justine Marie who's got, a hell of a, a harness situation going on. This was an outtake for Taboo magazine that, and they ended up not taking the set. But I thought it was really, really hot. Yeah. Um, and was it you like about like was it that you like about shooting this type of content? I honestly think that n- naked lady photography is probably the most punk rock thing a woman can do these days to have agency over their own body and sexuality, mm-hmm. and expressing it in this freedom and an exhibitionist and i love to be there to help celebrate and like put that on a pedestal mm-hmm. um so i love doing it just to because i just think it's so fucking rad like because most of society is telling women they shouldn't be doing this and so that a woman can do this make money off of it pay her bills and take care of sh- shit is awesome to me so i'm there i'm happy to facilitate and every time i get a book or an award or something i always say i'm like i can't do this without my models Mm. i can't take pictures of an empty room you know so my models are the fucking rock stars i'm just there to like capture the picture and i'm thankfully have the best models in the world like april flores Mm -hmm. so and if i may say so like you're you're a bit of a babe yourself. What when? It, why don't you get in front of the camera? I did back when I was a bisexual. Oh, back all the way back then. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. Um. I, yeah, I think a lot of it is just the fact that like I'm a middle aged woman who's a little bit pudgier than I'd like to be, and mm-hmm. I just am not feeling it. Okay. And when I was first shooting people in the adult industry in 2005. I did shoot some self-portraits at the time, but I was like late 20s, early 30s. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't want to make it all about me. I'm trying not to be a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So I want to make it all about celebrating them. Uh, Is there anyone you have not shot in your long career that you would still like to shoot with if you can? There's one model that I wish I could have worked with and has since retired, Belladonna. I got so close so many times. And that's my my only regret. Okay. Yeah, I loved oh <laughs> Belladonna. For anybody who doesn't know who she is, please. I I I'm sure I would recognize her if you show me a bit, but like I'm you the know, type that's how April got into porn. Was Belladonna? Was her first scene. Okay. Yeah. I, I just have no idea. Like, I don't normally make it to the end credits, so I yeah. don't always know the names of these oh, women. Oh, you probably know her. <laughs> she did the most, like, hardcore shit. She had, like, that crazy tattoo on her um, chest. She did, like, pregnancy porn. Oh, hot. She's absolutely I think stunning. I, recognize, I mean, yeah, super hot. I think I kind of recognize. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, she like was like one of the first girls to shave her head and do that kind of stuff. Like she just, I feel like she didn't give a fuck about anything and became even more popular with just giving zero fucks or giving all the fucks. <laughs> well, um, well, Ellen, thank you for uh, chatting with us. Yes. And where can people go to find you, follow you, pre-order the book? I will also say you, <laughs> you have a very absurd podcast that I have done where. <laughs> It's, I. You're just getting up. sweaty even thinking about it. It took so many times, so many because you know how you ch- followed up via email so many times to for me to be on. Yeah, it, it a lot of that had to do with like, do I want to do this? Like, because a lot of times people, oh, you want to do the podcast? You go, oh yeah, sure. But that was like, do I really want to talk about poop for an hour? And I so all that Wait, it wasn't up, all poop. It was butthole stuff too. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had I was like honestly for months weighing like, do I really want to spend an hour talking about yes. poop? Yes. Uh, but you have a podcast called Hey Poopy. Hey Poopy. We celebrate everything with your butthole from poop to pleasure to health. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like as 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 your co-host hit record, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Do I need to like strap journal? in do and let's to... get on the roller coaster, buddy? I was like, I gotta talk to talk to Doctor Evan about this. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you have a podcast called Hey Poopy, um, and then the book Free to Be Naked will be out in. You can get it signed at shopellenstag.com. That's the only place to get it signed, besides coming to my signing at Museum of Sex on November thirtieth, um, which is in like two months. You have plenty of time. Um, but otherwise, check out my Instagram and Twitter at Ellen Stag and my website stagstreet.com. Stag Street. And that's Stag with two Gs. Well, I but I have both URLs. Oh, smart. She's smart and resourceful. And okay, <laughs> I won't go on with compliments. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Billy Persita Sr. has all of the various iterations. What an asshole. You know, I was like, I got I, I to gotta at some point arrange, be like, hey, you got to leave me those in the, the URLs in the will. Please. Yes, yes. Um, I would like those domains. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not buying them off a third party. Oh, God. No. <laughs> well, Ellen, thanks again for chatting with us. And I uh, want you to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody, and enjoy your butthole. Oh, oh, don't go anywhere just yet. Just hold on, hold on. I know you you might, this might be the part where you say, okay, we're done for the week. I'll see you next week, Prasita. But hold on, because I've got a teaser. I've got a little extra content. It's coming to you at the end of this. Allow me to get through a couple, a few points of business. And then there's more of me and Ellen Stagg, okay? As I said in the intro, one of the best places you can discuss this week's show is in the episode discussion channel in the champagne room. That is our Discord server. It is free to join. And if you're not too familiar with Discord, let me just say it's pretty easy to pick up. You'll get the hang of it. And it's far more fun, far more private, and far less toxic than Facebook, than Reddit, and all those other places. So come join us in the champagne room where, you know, as Chris Rock once said, there's no sex in the champagne room. But there is a lot of sex talk in the champagne room. Link to TCR in the schnotes. You can also email me with your comments, your questions, your criticisms, maybe your titty pictures, your favorite naked attraction couple so far to manwhorepod at gmail.com. 
and another fan community. You know, we haven't talked about this community terribly often these days, but the Peep Show is still running strong. The Peep Show is uh, <laughs> is an X-rated group chat that has been going on since 2016. So that's, yeah, I've been in the same group chat sharing nudes with my fans for seven years. Yes, you heard it right. We just share nudes, gifts, and compliments all day, every day. I've been looking at Yoko's titties for seven years. That's wild. I, I, at some point, Yoko, our, your titties and me, we're going to have to have like an anniversary party, you OG. Access to the Peep Show is available for all of my $10 and up Patreon members. It's one of the many perks of membership. At the $5 tier, you get access to over 300 bonus episodes of the Man Whore podcast, including that uh, All Moans bonus show we put out last month. Now, tomorrow, my $5 and up members will be getting a bonus episode with Ellen Stagg, where we discuss you know, all the difficulties she's having adjusting to this modern dating world, being single for the first time in you know 12 years. So I'm going to play a little teaser clip. I'm going to play just a little a piece of that in just a few more seconds. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you all next week. Uh, wish me luck. Tomorrow night I got, I got a date with a, with a woman who's been married monogamously to another woman for like 20 years. And I'm going to be her potentially first positive date kissing encounter, maybe sexual experience with a man in decades so i'm out here representing the gender i don't know if like i'm the best candidate but like i am but like i am what that's gonna be and no pressure at all i'm only you know trying to keep her interested in half of the population oh boy stay slutty was I going to say? You're like, you're having trouble understanding your side of oh, this as a woman. so, okay. I did go on this hinge date a couple weeks ago with a guy who's a little bit older than me. Very, very, very nice. We've been on like two dates, but I realized like I'm not, I'm feeling more platonic with him. And okay. he's totally cool with that. He's like, yeah, I really like you as a person. I was telling my friend, I was like, even if we don't date, I'm glad I met you as a person. And I think he's a rad dude. But so we went on a date and then like, almost two weeks went by and he texted me. He's like, hey, what are you doing this week? And I was like, oh, I'm available on Thursday. He's like, oh, come to this event I'm doing. And so we like hung out and had some drinks. And he was like, he was like, yeah, so you haven't even tried to call me in the past two weeks. And I was like, um, I'm a woman who grew up in the mm-hmm. 90s and early 2000s where I'm used to men chasing me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize as a woman, I'm supposed to hit you up. And he was like, no, everything's changed now. And I was like, what? Well, y'all were getting so mouthy about equality. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I. but I've even talked to like friends of mine and I'm like, I'm still in the mindset where if I chase after a dude, that usually turns guys off. Like guys usually want to be the chaser. They want to, they want to, um,